Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by the United Ways of Chautauqua County. United Way is a nonprofit organization with a mission to mobilize the community to help every person and family improve their lives. Last year, their Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, or VITA program, helped 1,400 households file their taxes for free. This year, the expanded child tax credit is available to Chautauqua County households with children, even if they don't normally file taxes or have a recent income. Nearly every parent or caregiver of a child with a Social Security number can receive up to $3,600 per child, and it's not too late. Learn more at getctc.org chq. It only takes about 15 minutes online to claim the child tax credit and learn about eligibility. The United Ways of Chautauqua County, proud supporters of Community Radio in Jamestown, New York. To learn more, visit uascc.org or unitedwaync.org. St. Luke's Episcopal Church has been leading efforts to bring refugees to the Jamestown area. We spoke with Father Luke Fodor about the latest on those efforts. There have been some recent developments in the work to bring refugees to Jamestown, so we were able to bring St. Luke's Episcopal Church's Father Luke Fodor in to discuss those updates, as well as how the community can get involved as well. So welcome today. Thank you. It's good to be here. So I recently received this email as well, but you sent out an e- update to folks who want to be kept abreast about the process of bringing refugees to our area. And what what are those updates? Yeah, so we are in a position now of kind of moving closer to welcoming our first new neighbors. Um, we decided that the term refugee is kind of of an othering term, as we talked about last time I was here. And so we're trying to use the term new neighbors, realizing that people can move wherever they want to, and we're here to just welcome them. So our new neighbors um, program we've been working on is at a point now where Journeys End, who is the uh, a partner agency up in Buffalo, is going to be opening uh, a satellite office in Jamestown. Um, and so I don't know exactly what that means, but they're applying for, for grant dollars to do that under a grant that's really tied to the Ukrainian effort. Um, and so as they expand a little bit into our region, they're going to be using the volunteers that we have co- coalesced to help assist in many of these things. And so we're at a point now where we can actually begin to put some of the programs that they have in place in, into action. And those two programs are based uh, along community sponsorship, which is one program where local partnership groups will raise uh, about $3,000 to assist with some rental uh, kind of rental assistance for this first couple of months while they're getting themselves situated and into the workforce and having the, the, the immediate needs they need met. Uh, and so we will have four to six people from various civic or church-based uh, groups to be there as kind of a one-to-one um, support team. Um, so there'll be four to six people who will go alongside the families. And so that's initially what we're going to do for that program. And then there's another program which anyone can help out with, which is to donate um, uh, either new or slightly used household household products. You have to remember that our new neighbors, unlike some other neighbors who might pull up in a truck and unload and fill up their apartments, these new neighbors are coming with really just the clothes on their backs. Um, they've been in a dire situation either from war-torn Ukraine or from other war-torn parts around our, our globe. Uh, and they're coming you know, with, with just the little that they have. And so we're able to with our overabundance of stuff. I mean, America's one of those crazy countries where we have, uh, we rent not just our, 
our houses and our apartments, but we rent storage units where we can keep the stuff we might want someday. Well, this is an opportunity for our community to clean out those storage units uh, and to take their, their furniture and um, work on uh, their all their things that they have that they don't need in their lives to put them to still good use. Um, and we're working on a central location to collect all those things. We're not there yet. So for the time being, um, we're looking for those community sponsor groups who are um, going to help partner with fam to take on families to kind of collect some of those resources. And so we'll give more details on that as we can. We're having a training this Saturday at 10 o'clock, or starting at 9.30 at St. Luke's from 9.30 to 1 o'clock that will help people who are interested in working one-to-one uh, or face-to-face, -face, I should say, with, with these new neighbors to come to that. So Journey Zen requires that anyone who wants to work with refugees needs to be trained so they have the cultural competency and the sensitivity to where they're coming from as well as the real world practical pieces and they understand how their system works. So that'll happen from this Saturday and if folks can't make it there'll be other trainings we'll have in the future so this is just kind of an initial offering. Um, anyone's welcome to come uh, and if you want to come just you can just show up. It's helpful to know if you are coming so you can shoot an email to St. Luke's at St. Luke's EpiscopalChurch.org, uh, and that will help us know who's coming just so we have a sense of how many chairs to put out. Um, but it'll be an opportunity for to get familiar with some of the staff of Journey's End, uh, as well as to kind of get a, a little bit of understanding of what the work will pertain um, and how you can play a role in it. But there are plenty of opportunities in the future. We have set up a, um, a fund, uh, a non-endowment operating fund at the Community Foundation. So anyone can write a check um, to New Neighbors, uh, or to the CRCF with New Neighbors in the memo line, and then the money will be gathered there. That will assist with kind of the real world practicalities that some of our New Neighbors will struggle with as they make it through. Sometimes that's um, co-pays at the doctor initially, or some sort of uh, other kind of discretionary spending that they might need as they as they find their footing in our community mm -hmm. and for those who are listening the, the saturday we're referring to is saturday september 10th as this program also will air on sunday september 11th but as you mentioned there will be other training opportunities so. thanks julia for that <laughs> so yeah that's, that that's what i'm here for too so with working with journeys and it sounds like and I know one question that people will ask is, do we have families who are ready or individuals who are ready to come to Jamestown? Or, you know, do we have any sense of timeline for how far out that may be? It's really difficult to um, be in the, the work of refugee resettlement. Uh, you have very little idea uh, of who you're getting. So the way it works is there are bigger overarching um, global agencies that assist in refugee resettlement and they get their list. Um, in this case, Church World Service is who is the sponsoring agency of Journeys End. And so Church World Service has their kind of list of people that they have been given access to from the governments as they negotiate this stuff out. Uh, sometimes people end up in Canada, sometimes people end up in other European countries, but all that kind of work works through Church World Service. And so Church World Service will give Journeys End kind of two weeks notice as who they might be getting. And they'll, they'll get just names appear in their, their kind of roster. And then sometimes they don't en end up showing up after all because of kind of complications with uh, visa realities or other legalities. Um, but by and large, everyone that comes has been uh, vetted and has been approved by the, by the U.S. government to be here. Uh, and so the answer to the question is, is a long one because we, we don't really know um, how long it will take. So Journey's End, um, it's, it's like anything with the government. 
hurry up, hurry up, and then wait. Um, and that's kind of the reality that we find ourselves in. So Journey's End um, is not doesn't get a steady flow of new neighbors throughout the year. It tends to be kind of, um, we promise a number, and then all of a sudden we realize, oh, we're drastically short, let's hurry it up. So September tends to be a very, very frantic month because October 1 starts a new fiscal year in the government. So Odds are um, that the Journey's End will have, um, and it's hard to even get a hold of them right now in any kind of substantial sort of way because they're just bailing water out desperately trying to find resources. But it, it, the, the things that I'm hearing from them is that a couple weeks could be a couple months, but sometime this fall, the likelihood is we'll have a family or two uh, in the Jamestown region um, who are in, who will be here. And as we tell this story, I keep hearing um, people reaching out to me, various uh, landlords that said, hey, I just bought this new house. It's, I think it'd be perfect. Uh, here's what the rent would be. Would, would, you, would that be work? Would that work for you guys? And so there's just excitement, I think, around uh, welcoming new neighbors who, um, who, who are here to, to really work to improve our community. And, and of course, there's also people who wonder, is this the time? You know, we've, we've seen people asking questions around uh, a number of things, including the, the, the homelessness problem we've been facing you know can we be bringing new people into our community when we have homelessness and i think that these two problems are not the same and it's real easy to conflate them the situation that that many of the folks who have been down under the railroad tracks are facing is different they have access to all the same public assistance and programs that they're largely refusing primarily because of mental health and also some chaotic drug usage and also the way the community programs are set up um, there's a number of housing programs that are set up in a way that says, if you use, we kick you out. Um, and so people have to choose, do they want to keep using or do they want to be housed safely? Um, and of course, some of our housing stock in Jamestown is so deplorable, it's safer just to stay in a tent out under the viaduct. Um, and that's scary. Our hope is that as we engage more people in this important work of housing people, that the awareness will grow and will create more collective will. I don't see this as competing for scarce resources. I see it as inviting more people into seeing the problem so that when we have many more eyes and many more hearts involved, we'll come up with a creative solution to really change the game around our housing stock. Because it's a community problem, and until the community gets engaged with it, um, we're not gonna solve it. And we sometimes think that if we just let the nonprofits do the work, then we don't personally have to be engaged. And so I'm hoping that as more and more people get personally engaged at a volunteer level with this new families that are coming in from around the globe, that they will see just how terrible things are and that we can make a real shift. So it's not a competing, or it's not us versus this. It's really just how do we all come together to make this change? Mm-hmm. And given that St. Luke's is leading this process and, and you know took it over when the first meetings were ha- happened, I think, in December of 2021, uh, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the theological mm-hmm. um, reasons why it is appropriate for your organization to be leading this process. And also how, I mean, so for... I imagine that um, many people who are Christian are familiar with some of the texts about how how this fits into the mission. But could you explain more about how does serving you know new neighbors, bringing new neighbors and refugees in, uh, serve the mission of St. Luke's? Certainly, um, all of the faith traditions it doesn't matter if you're a Buddhist, a Sikh, uh, a Muslim, or a Jew, or anything. They're, all of these scriptures speak about hospitality as as the real hallmark for what. Um, for what they're called to in their faith tradition. 
respecting the human dignity of each person is in our baptismal covenants in the Episcopal Church. That's we say it each time we baptize someone that we're going to respect the human dignity of each person. And I think we respect the dignity of those who are strangers um, by really seeing them eye to eye and welcoming them and actually really not seeing them as strangers, but seeing them as the same. We live in a moment where we're fearful uh, and we're anxious. And so we let that fear and anxiety color the lens through which we view the world. I believe that what scripture talks about is the, a hopeful reality, a God's dream for us, where we wouldn't be cut up into little segments and various groupings, but that we would be one people. And at the heart of the Christian story is that sense that we have uh, a, a great coalition uh, that is oneness uh, of, of being, that, that God is in all and through all uniting us. So scripture talks frequently about welcoming the stranger, about having hospitality, about caring for the widow and the orphan. The word refugee isn't often used because it didn't exist until the Second World War. We didn't have that as a category, um, a legal category for certain. Um, but there's this idea that you would be there as a refuge. Churches traditionally paint their doors red so they would be there as a sanctuary. So if people had created some some crime and thought they weren't going to have a fair justice, uh, a fair hearing in the law, they could go and retreat to a church as refuge. And so that's kind of where the notion of refugee came from, is from this sense of the church's hospitality and the way that the church could welcome and protect people um, who were um, perhaps not going to be cared for uh, in a way. And so for me, you know, Scripture is, is all about welcoming the stranger. And in fact, I would say seeing no stranger. And I, I, that's the space that it fits with our mission, that we realize that we are a church that, that doesn't really, that the walls can't contain us, and that we don't really have a list of who's a member, who's not a member. In the way that St. Luke's functions, we see everybody as a member of the church, because they, they are humans, and we all have this role to play in making this community better and stronger together. Mm. That's a Something I, I definitely wanted to hear because the, the feeling is, is that, you know, like you say, that the whole oneness that in this community, we are all community and that we should all treat each other as we want to be treated ourselves then mm -hmm. if we want to mm -hmm. get very basic to it. So is there anything else that on this topic that you would like to update us on or that you, you know, you can direct people to in terms of website or anything? Um, there's there's um, a ongoing um, film series, the Western New York Film Festival that Journey Zen is doing that anyone can sign up and watch, which is uh, a... Uh, you just go to, I think it's Western New York Refugee Film Fest. If you go there, you can find that. There's, I think, three more movies left for the season, um, and you can watch them for free on Zoom. Um, when they screen them, their license is that they have to screen them once and everyone watch them at the same time. So you can't just stream them when you want to, but only at a certain time. So I would invite people to watch that and see some of these real human stories. Um, we'll probably do a screening or two um, at St. Luke's for one of the movies in this in the fall, just so we can people can gather and have a conversation. We did screen one on World Refugee Day back in in Jul June, July. I can't remember what day it was what month it was, but uh, and that was a great gathering. So we hope people will continue to do the work around um, learning that that uh, there is nothing to be afraid of, but in fact only opportunities to be gained. So um, people can write checks into to see. Uh, CRCF uh, if they want to support. Um, and we will soon have a call for donated items with a central location place once we figure out where that is. I'm trying to figure out the best location that it, we can have it there for a while. Great. So yeah, thank you, Julia. All right. Thank you. And uh, thank, thank you, uh, Father Lou, for being in here with us today.